We are broadcasting live on Ustream. Hello, everybody listening. Um, we're having some issues with the Ustream chat room, so I think the best place to go for your text questions is going to be the chat room on TrekCC. There's already a bunch of people in there. I hope some of them are listening. I imagine some of them are playing Tribbles. Um, we are going to take any and all of your 1E questions today. We have about 20 questions submitted previously from uh, the message boards and emails. So let's get started. With me today is three special guests. First is Jordan. And I always screw up your last name. What's your last name? <laughs> Leung? Lung? Leung? Leung. Leung. Jordan Leung. Bracken <laughs> Phoenix. He is our brand manager. Say hi, Jordan. Hello. Also, we have our rules master, Alan Gould. Hello, everybody. And Dan Hammond, who is the lead designer for Project Moody, which is the first set in the TNG block. Good morning or afternoon or evening, folks. All right. Uh, we are recording this um, in multiple venues, so we will be... Uh, this will be available later to watch. We have some spoilers for you, so you can pull those up, and we'll also put this up in podcast form, I, I think. But anyway, um, let's get started. Let's see who's listening to us, if anybody. And uh, 34 live views. That's pretty cool. That might not be right now. Oh, 11 total viewers right now. Okay. Uh, all right. Anyone in the chat room have a question to start us off? Do, 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 How about that Tribbles do, game? Do, do, do. <laughs> Tribbles game. Yeah, I heard about that. That was a uh, death round, huh? It's like Nob is asking about a Cardassian starter. Yes, yes, I have that. We we can get into that. Um, Jordan. It's a good, yeah, it's a good question. Um, our starters and everything that we have so far set up, nothing is set in stone. And that's a good point that we didn't think to include a Cardassian starter initially. I mean, everything is in flux. We don't have anything set in stone, so that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, the, the only thing we do know is that there's going to be three in the first set because we've already got them done. And that's, uh, what are the three, Dan, in, in Moody? We've got Ferengi, uh, Federation, and Klingon, which we figured would be a good, good, good diverse start. Um, most folks would find something they can play with in that. And then uh, well, that, that's, a, that's where it's beginning. And, Nob, you bring up a good point, too, that um, two Federation starters might seem weird. But also keep in mind that we're kind of separating Deep Space Nine and TNG with this, too. So it, you can think of it kind of like the TUI version, where there's they're both Federation but different factions. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it was talked about, I think it was Sir Rogue who said... Uh, that really the Deep Space Nine starter should be both Fed and Bajoran and have the ability to work together because that was always something, even now that's something that was, it's very difficult to do. You know, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to get all the main characters of Deep Space Nine to work together. And that's something that we'd like to, that that block would like to address. Uh, but again, we're only at the earliest stages of, of planning for that block. I mean, we're still... Uh, adapting to all the the last minute Russian tumble for the TNG block and, and planning out sets two and three, we, you know we'll, we'll we'll get down and make some more of those decisions. But you know the the overriding theme of this whole process and 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 that article that we put up is it's all this is our plan right now, but it's all subject to change. You know if if for whatever reason for staffing concerns or or mechanical concerns we need to swap uh, the Maquis expansion from uh, set two to, from from expansion two to expansion three, then then we'll do that. It's we, you know it's not carved in stone absolute that what we set out in that article is the order that it's going to be forever. Uh, we're going to try to follow that, but you know stuff happens and and uh, we have to adapt. So I'll do a couple questions from the email and the thread, and then we'll go back to the chat room. Uh, Dan. Yes. Um, one of our chat room questions, well, one of the guests in the chat room, Nob the Hobbit, asked the question, how big are the big expansions planned to be? 
right now we don't know. <laughs> it started off. No, I, I guess we do have a good answer right now. It started off. And the first iteration of this started off with about 150 cards, and then we decided we weren't going to go that route, so we cut it down, and then it was a, kind of a double size expansion of around 90. Then we decided that 90 wasn't quite enough, and I think right now the file is at 99 cards. I don't think that is quite enough to make the block playable right out of the out, out of the gate as diverse as we want it to be. So we're looking at making a small reprint file to go with it, which you could kind of include with the set, but I'm not sure how big that's going to be and how much more we can pile on art. I think our biggest stumbling block is that 99 cards is a big set, and art's going to have a lot of work to do, and any more that we want to add to it is just adding more to their to their workload. So it's a big trade-off. Well, there's also also the issue is, uh, the, you know, the elephant in the room is a lot of the cards that we would want to be reprinting are, cr- are premier cards that you can get for six dollars in a box. You know, and it, it's it's tough to to say let's reprint these cards that everybody can get a thousand times over. You know, it it's almost easier to say let's just make them make a few things printable and not put the effort in just so they're in the block. Uh, we could either do that or we could just make all new versions of a, you know, Shelby or something. We want it in the block, but we don't want to want to make people print out a copy of something they have a dozen of already. I don't know. It's hard. It's probably safe to say the big sets will be as big as they need to be. Well, and I want to put some of this in context too. Block Constructed was sort of a late add to the plan. Like, we've been working on Moody for, I don't, I don't think it's been 18 months, but it's certainly been over a year that we've yes. been working on Moody. Um, and the first goal of them was to be a printable starter, and printable and block are different things. The starter we have now includes things from the errata file that were, you know, nice to put in a starter, things from some of our promo cards that are printable, um, Homefront, certainly, but also Chains of Command originally wasn't going to be part of the block, but now we're thinking about making it part of the block so that we can have these cards in the starter and they'll be block printable. Still up for debate. Yes, but so so the real thing is, you know, Block Constructed makes a lot of sense, but it's going to be, it's going to be an evolving format by definition, but it's also going to take us a little bit to get it to a good place, um, you know, what we're talking about right now is what what can we what can we do to get it to that good place as quickly as possible that isn't redundant work uh you know it, it may it may be that we end up doing in block in the the TNG block we end up doing two quote unquote double size sets to get enough cards in the block to make it to make it playable um so, 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 you know, it, I don't want anybody to be out there to think that block constructed's doomed and it's going to be horrible. It's not. It's just going to take, it's going to take some time to grow and evolve, you know. And when you only have four, four factions, five if you count Starfleet factions in the block for the first year, you know, you, a lot of the questions were, how diverse is this going to be? Well, we're going to make it as diverse as we can. But when the DS9 block rolls along, now you have eight factions to choose from, and that's the standard going forward. And that that's going to be pretty diverse. I mean, eight-player tournament, which is a decent-sized tournament for us these days, you could have everybody playing a completely different faction. So, given that Block Constructed was sort of devised later, after Block Sealed, it's going to be a little bit longer before it's exactly where we want it. But we're going to listen to your feedback from the community, we're going to listen to the testers' feedback, and we're going to do you know, resource management, Jordan's got a lot of work ahead of him as the brand manager to make sure, you know, art's not killing themselves and creative's not killing themselves. But we want to make it as good as we can, as quickly as we can, without killing, you know, the, the entire department. So you may end up with three months of playing Block Sealed because it's better than Block Constructed. But I, I think that for sure by the time Umbridge comes out, which is the second set, Block Constructed should be fairly stable. Uh, we have a question from Wambundu. He is saying, about the starter decks, are they expected to be composed entirely of cards from the new expansions? I think you touched on that, Dan, but... Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that. I think moving forward, that is exactly what we're going to do. Since 
the, uh, the, the genesis of the project was make a printable starter and not make a block starter. Uh, the starters that we have going into this are all printable, but not everything from this set and the next set or the past block. I think moving forward, that will be what our uh, our goals will be for design, that everything you need to make the starter, probably for the, the next one and, and certainly for the, the DS9 block, will be included. And again, we, we're we're discussing a couple different options for how to how to uh, fix that sort of yeah. last minute problem. So uh, let me pull up another question here. We'll go to Alan. Um, in terms, this is from JRCH five six one eight. In terms of separating the Federation, a la the Enterprise E, would it be possible to refer to the property logo on the top right corner of the card? He he feels this is an untapped resource. Is that possible in the rules, Alan? It is. It is actually possible. Uh, we're going to have to put a little bit of bookwork into it because as the rules previously existed, the property logo was functionally invisible. So we're adding a little bit of bookwork so that we can see it. But you can say cards with the first contact property logo. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's actually a, a fairly elegant way to do a division, and uh, obviously we've figured out a way to do it, and, and you'll see more about that as we get closer to our release date, but, but definitely targeting the property logo is doable. Um, but we'll stay with Alan for a moment, and we had an interesting question uh, from Faithful Reader. He wanted to know why you're here, Alan, and... <laughs> What 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 uh, what rules involvement are there in the whole block structure and design system? Well, because rules also ends up handling mechanics. So to use the property logos thing, if it's uh, rules role is design says, hey, we want to use property logo, and we'd like to find a way to do it that doesn't involve saying your, for instance, you know, your facilities with the Star Trek: The Next Generation property logo, because that takes what did that work out to, down? Like two and a half lines just for the boilerplate? Exactly. And that since personnel have, you know, three words that they can fit on a skill, um, that's way too long. So we, so the rules side of it was, okay, how do we do this that works within the rules so that design has a tool so they can actually put the ability on the card in seven words or less? And uh, I won't say that was the simplest trick we've ever pulled, but... I'm really happy with where it landed. I think it's going to it's it's very elegant from the player side and it's it works properly from the rule side. All right, um just as a reminder, we've been broadcasting about 10 minutes now. Um you join us live in the Trek CC chat room if you're not to uh, ask your questions or if you'd like to be on the show and ask your questions live and join the discussion. You can send a uh, a message to Midnight Lich either in the chat room or on Skype, and we'll we'll bring you into our conversation and you can ask your questions live. Um, Nob had a follow up question. Nob the Hobbit, um, if you're going to divide by property logo, what about missions and time locations and sites because they don't have property logos? Alan, uh, right now, um, the we've been concentrating on the uh, the noun side, the the people, the ships. Uh, that end of it, um, missions feel a little bit more interchangeable. And from a balance side, letting the feds, like letting TNG get it, all the missions isn't nearly as bad as letting them get all the people. Um, so you can have, so for the moment, they're, what, excluded from the mechanic would be the way to do it. So, Dan, do you think there'd be any, uh, I mean, is there a reason to divide Factions past personnel and ships, potentially. It becomes a rules issue for things past that. Um, we originally were trying to divide facilities, and then we noticed that I think it's the Great Hall has both Federa both TNG and DS9 property logos. Um, I think that's the worst offender. But uh, all the equipment that got reprinted in Voyager, you have to deal with. Does one copy count for both, or does one copy invalidate the other? Um, 
we haven't helped, felt the need to go any farther than personnel and shifts at this point. Has has it been precluded that you could do so further in the future? But Certainly not. Um, we could probably think of a few interesting things to do that would limit you to only, uh, say, interrupts or events or whatever from a certain series. I know folks in the distant past had made just a TNG deck with just cards that had the TNG logo. Um, it was an entire format for Voyager or... Uh, I think it was uh, was a uh, the the DS9 battle. What was that? Help me out, somebody. Anybody? Failing. Okay. It was like Dominion. Dominion War. Something. That's what it was. Yes. Yes. Um, that you had to use. You know, like, I think you could use Insurrection, but even in those, you could still use most missions because they didn't have proper logos. I. Over the course of the game, missions did evolve a bit and become more. I don't know, balance toward the end, I'd say, possibly. But really, it doesn't doesn't hurt too much if we let everyone have everything in that front. I wouldn't preclude it, though. And There may be some point in the future where we reference, I don't know, expansion icons or something. That's hard to do with sets that don't have them. For missions, too, you can also look at the quadrants. Certainly. There's something a lot. There's, you can ease, more easily divide up the missions that way. You can also sort of fake it. Like, if you wanted to make some some TNG specific missions, you could you could craft missions using you know any Jean Luc Picard. That sure, I could I could go through shenanigans to get Jean Luc Picard on Deep Space Nine or on a yep. TOS deck, but it's just going to be so much naturally easier to get that in a TNG deck. And and it's possible that there could be some sort of mechanic that allowed you to easily reference that class of personnel that you could you know plus 10 while that class of personnel is in the mission attempt. So you could you could absolutely uh, yes. fake it without having to call it out. Actually, that's an interesting uh, point, Nob, and we'll, we'll show you an example of uh, something cool about that in a little bit. Um, Although I'd say my rebuttal to Nob would be, yeah, he's in the premiere, but he didn't get off the ship. That's okay. <laughs> um... All right, let's go back to Jordan for a uh, question here, because he's been largely quiet. Um, this question is from JRCH5618 as well. Does the timetable mean we won't see any one goodness until March at the earliest? Um, You know, it doesn't. We actually have some things in plan that um, we're hoping to get Moody out by then. And that's a possibility, but if not, and it turns out it's going to be a little bit later than we want it to be, we do have some other things that could possibly see release before then. Yeah, we're not going to leave you guys hanging too long. We we love our 1E players, and we have a lot of irons in the fire. So, real quick, uh, Dan, could you sort of explain the, how the blocks are going to work? just for anybody who didn't read the article or wasn't clear on how they're going to be laid out. Sure. We are releasing a large set and then two small sets. And if you have a group of players who wants a restricted block, a restricted card pool, you can play with just the cards in the block and the previous block, meaning the previous big set and two sets. Um, The blocks will introduce a new series of starters and some game text that ties it all together, um, some kind of mechanic or something. Um, each one will be grouped together. For example, the first one is TNG, so one of the first three starters I mentioned earlier, Klingons and uh, Ferengi and uh, uh, Federation, whereas the next block will, as planned, be DS9, so we'll get three starters there. You can play in your block tournament up until you can play with the cards in the block, the current block and the last block. So you'll have six expansions plus whatever comes out in the meantime to play with. Um, but I think it's important to point out that the cards are not just designed for playing in block only. They're really made for playing in the big, big, the big game, your OTF tournaments with everything or your revised tournaments or your open tournaments. Um, was there something specific that uh, that you had in mind for talk about, or does that cover what you had what you were thinking of? 
No, I just wanted to explain how the structure uh, worked. It actually segues into a great question from Faithful Reader Well, uh, for Jordan. Um, with this whole new block structure, are we still going to be supporting achievements and cards for the other formats, and are we still going to be doing conversion cards? Oh, yeah, definitely. We're not going to forget anything that we've been doing, achievements, and you know, definitely supporting all of our different... Uh, <laughs> all of our different things that you can play in, uh, constructed, sealed, open, OTF, revised, and standard. <laughs> We're all going to be keeping all those in mind, as well as trying to keep it in mind for block format, too. Yeah, on the stream right now, if you if you actually go to the Ustream page, where we've got some uh, graphic cycling that sort of explain what the next three years of, of Trek are going to be like. Um, one thing that's a constant always is going to be what we call the core, uh, which is right now it's defined as Homefront and Homefront 2, and I believe Identity Crisis is being put in there. Um, possibly some other stuff before we finalize the paperwork, but basically think of it as all the Homefront sets. So the, the natural question that several people on the message boards have had is, does that mean we're going to get a Homefront 3? Let's, let's survey the room. Jordan, what do you think? Um, I would say it's a good possibility. Uh, Dan, what do you think? You think we're going to get a home front three? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't have called it home front one, home front two, unless there was a home front three. Keep going. I uh, guess okay. you call it something else. So, so being more, we'll, we'll go a little more specific. Uh, obviously, at some point, we will be doing a home front three. Uh, nothing firmly planned out at this point, but... Um, I'm looking for the uh, the new movie version, Homefront 3D. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> JRCH uh, wants to know, any idea for a Homefront 3 that might have essential cards like the Universal Facilities in it? Well, here's the thing. When we when we started out with the first Homefront, it was let's get these, these cards that may be hard to get and get them out so everyone can have them. And there was enough it went over so well. We decided let's do a home front two, and we did the we did the headquarters last time. Let's make all the people that report to the headquarters and give everyone a good start for their deck if they're a new player or these are these are hard to get cards. So we'll do that. There was also a list of cards that was utility cards for each affiliation and uh, additional personnel or other things that we'd want to get out. Um, I'm completely blanking on any of them right now. However. Um, the, it, it's Homefront 3 well, has been planned for a while, I, I think. A, a good example was um, assign support personnel, assign yeah, exactly. specialists, like generate, that type of thing. Now, knowing that Homefronts make up the core for all of the blocks, that really changes our perspective on what we want to put in there because if we want to keep the block, I don't want to say clean, if something's horribly complicated or you know was on close to on the ban list or something like that, we may not, we may not put it in there knowing that it, what it's, it's going to be around forever. It's not something that's going to rotate out like the cards of the block will. I think, I, I, I think, I don't want to say wasting, but filling spots in the home front three with something like a universal outpost might not be what we're going to do. Originally, the home front cards were cards that aren't printable that we want to make printable. Well, in the, in the big errata file, all those outposts are there, so it's kind of redundant to put them, but they might find their way into that TNG block reprint set. That way, they'll always be printable, and they'll be part of that. Um, I still think it can be a group of two or three cards for each faction that makes that that they're, they're just kind of their core cards. Like my friend got Latinum last time, I believe. Um, maybe a rule of acquisition or. Um, just something that something that really says this is that affiliation, like uh, Assimilate Homeworld might be a good one for the Borg. Yeah, long story short, is, I mean, the other thing to remember, if we put a bunch of TNG cards in Homefront 3, those cards are going to be legal even when TNG rotates out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's, you know, you have to be very careful uh, about measuring. Um, Brack, thank you. Brack, Brack underscore in the chat room, just said, Hey guys, I just wanted to say that I think this series of tournament foils is the best one yet. Uh, they certainly look amazing, and 
Johnny Haleva and his art team do not get enough credit ever. If I spent three hours a day singing their praises, it would not be enough. Uh, he continues, he and his team continue to exceed expectations. And I, they're working on the artwork for Moody right now, and I am just cannot wait to see some of the stuff that they're going to come out with. But yes, I agree that, I agree that, uh, the last set of promos looked fantastic. We, we picked them with player des- des- desires in mind. And, uh, yes, James, James Hoskin in uh, Red Dwarf just said, just wait until you see the regional programs, and I agree. <laughs> I think they'll be quite popular. Art are, they're miracle workers over there. I am constantly amazed at how often we have had, to, okay, I won't say we, I have had to go and say, like, okay, it's the last minute, you know, I need to change something, and there it goes. Like, they get it done every time. It's bloody brilliant, so... Uh, I have a question from the Ustream chat room, which I just happened to see. Tuko Tu, TKO TUU, could add outposts and the like as starter-only cards in the starter decks. Um, absolutely. Uh, we we talked about that earlier. That we're looking at a couple of different options for fleshing out the first set, so block constructed is more more better. Yeah, that's good. Uh, more solid at the get-go, and one of those is yes, we could easily put them as starter cards. S rarity cards in the in the first expansion, and and that may be the uh, the right way we go. Um, we're weighing the pros and cons, and and we have some more conversations to have internally. Um, but it's going to be resource management mostly. It's going to be can we do all this extra art without Johnny killing us? Um, they do such a good job. We don't want them to run away. <laughs> um, moving on to another question. Pretty sure there's another home front question. Uh, here's one for you, Alan. Will the referee reprint reprint expansion fall under the home front cards? This is from Kazon Pad. I believe right now the answer is no. Um, I don't think that's locked in stone. My personal concern is there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't necessarily a great thing to have in block. Like, especially for referee reprints, I could see things like um, Defend Homeworld with the freebie security. And is it... Because anything we put into core is there forever. Like, that's the new floor for how powerful the format is. Um, So my personal feeling on that is we want to keep, like, especially card draw engines, card play engines, download engines... Like, we want to keep that space for the cool toys in the block so that we're not having to constantly competing against the old stuff. Yeah, and absolutely, you know, one one of the concerns was, are we going to see the return of redshirting, you know, without Villagers with Torches in the block? And uh, that was definitely something that design realized. And we, I, I'm pretty sure that there were... I, I've seen a lot of dilemmas that have you're pretty much going to need three people to get through them, text on them, um, and various other anti-redshirting tricks. So, you know, redshirting in space is still a problem in the game in general that that I know there's a couple cards in Moody that are aiming to address with. But uh, the goal is that referee reprints aren't going to be necessary and that any any essential functionality like time travel um, would be replicated on either a different card or... If we need a referee card in the block, we can put it in the block. That's the that's the boil, the end of it. But do we need them? Hopefully not. And I think too, it'll be fun to play with different strategies for once. Instead of having to include defend homeworld and your Q's tens, you've got to come up with something new. Uh, Wembundu in the chat made a good point. He says, "I never thought redshirting was inherently bad," and I'm tend to agree with him. But I think we need the tools that make it risky. There has to be that. You might get away with it, or you might have been better off bringing off bringing the whole crew to begin with. And there, the th- you know, the, ultimately there are there are as many different opinions on what's good and bad in one e as there are players. Um, I don't think red shirting is inherently bad. It's just it's a strategy that has been abused in the past, and if we can discourage it in a natural way, 
and, and, and Dan, tell me if, if you agree on this, but I, I think that the point of view in design is general is we want less, this is the way it is, get over it type things, and more naturally bringing you to where we want you to be, to the play style that we want. Yeah, that really makes decision-making more important and not just, I'm going to make the same deck in this affiliation as I did in this affiliation. I might do something different over here. I might use these seed cards. I might not. I might put walls in front of all my dilemma combos, or I might assume that you think I'm going to have walls in front of all my dilemma combos and not put walls. You know, that that's a more interesting game than I don't have to put walls in front because I know Villagers is out there, so... Um, it'll be interesting in the block format. You know, if if we go for the first few months of block and, you know, we've, we've got all these cards and everyone's playing and it something happens and we realize that, you know, we really do need that uh, that uh, that villagers with torches or, or something else, you know, there's nothing to stop us from adding it in. It's just uh, we I think the, the goal is if we can have a quote-unquote clean environment without a cue the ref in it, I think that's a that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it'd be nice not to have to agonize over, you know, those last couple precious seed slots and to be looking for things to put in to fill your seed exactly. slots. Yeah. Well, sir. Too precious for that kind of thing. Um, Jason has again followed up. Uh, redshirting is definitely abused in some formats, especially, I'm thinking prior to first contact, ancient history. <laughs> yeah. When the dilemmas available and used made a larger crew a strategy that could be just as effective as redshirting. Um Definitely. You, you had an earlier question that we skipped. I want to head back to um, Jason. Did you say slash imply that the Klingon Federation and Ferengi starters are already made or have reached some level of progress greater than Moody? Uh, Dan, you want to talk about how much work we've done on those? Uh, when you said 18 months, I think that's what we were talking about. I've got three starter decks sitting on my desk right now that... Uh, I was hoping to get some testing in yesterday. It didn't quite work out, but um, they've been in the works for quite a while. We've had a lot of, we've had more people playtesting just the playtest decks, I think, than most of the rest of the set. They're, there's, they're pretty well balanced. Uh, each one has a little bit of a, an advantage in certain areas. Um, I kind of like the Ferengi one, but uh, yeah, they're there. They're done. They should be ready to go on release day. Um, and, there's a lot of things we can do once we have a printable starter. That opens up a lot of possibilities for tournament play, sealed. Um, that's a lot of stuff that we can do with that. Yeah, what we did. I remember Dan and you and I many many months ago going to a pizza place and mm -hmm. designing missions, and then designing people like figuring out what we needed to put in the decks, and then either designing cards or looking for cards that we could put in. So yep. I think I think. At least with Moody, uh, we built the starters first and built the expansion around the starters, which is a good way to do it. Uh, I think that we'll probably do that again, except that we'll also have to add in, we have to remember Block Constructed. Because, yep. as I mentioned earlier, Block Constructed came many, many, many months after the development of Block Sealed. Um, it was a natural idea. I still think it's a good idea. It's just... A lot of work was done with a different paradigm, and rather than scrap it all and start over and make you guys wait another eight months to get something, we're just we're gonna have to do some. We're, we're taking on the extra responsibility of saying we have to fix this. But when we go to design, even the Romulan set next, or the DS9 set is probably the bigger example. Block constructed will be in the the mindset when we sit down to build things. I still think we'll build the starters first, but we'll have a better idea, and we'll also have a year's worth of of real-world playtest data. You know, our playtesters are good. There's my phone going off because I'm a noob. Um, we'll have a, a year's worth of you guys playing and telling us what um, we need and, and don't need. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I have a Twitter question. It's nothing to do with 1E, but we're going to do it anyway because it's a Twitter question. We are TrekCC at TrekCC on Twitter, Twitter.com, and interestingly enough, we just had our 800th tweet, 800th tweet. Uh, Igrox Spock wants to know, will 2E ever see a Ketracel White mechanic, maybe as a Decay event or something? Um, totally. <laughs> I feel the most qualified to answer that, and I'm going to say that um, 
it, it, to make it as complicated as possible is what all 1E designers want to see 2E become. <laughs> I think it is a crying shame that 2E has, what, they're on set 30, 47, something like that, and there's no side decks. Like, yeah. where is the triple side decks? In yes, I was just going to say, we need to introduce triples for 2E. And what's the deal with five missions? Come on. Yes. Now that everybody's done bashing 2E, uh, <laughs> with I would say my, my, my answer would be when I see Dominion decks not doing terrible. That <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe a Ketra Cell White dilemma would show up, but for now it's just kind of, yeah. <laughs> Timidar aren't good. So, um, yes, I know there are ads. I'm going to do our best to try to catch them. Uh, if I catch it when it comes up, because I'm watching the stream, but I think it's different for every person when the ad comes up. Um, that's why we're recording it, so hopefully if you miss something, uh, you can catch it back up and you can fill in fill in the blanks. Um, anyway, we are broadcasting live. With me, as uh, mentioned earlier, Rules Master Alan Gould, uh, Project Moody Lead Designer Dan Hammond, and 1E Brand Manager Jordan Leung. We are taking your questions live in the TrekCC chat room, live on Twitter at TrekCC, in the Ustream chat room. And if you want, gentlemen and ladies, you can ping us and we'll bring you on the call live. You can ask your questions in your own voice and get your answers right away. Um, I will go back to our large file of questions. Uh, I got about 15 questions from Faithful Reader. That guy is... Uh, prolific in his question answering, question asking. Um, he asked me one, I wasn't sure what he meant, so I want to put it out there, sort of like a round table, and, and hear what you guys think. Um, his question was, will there be digital support? I assume he means for the block. Something in the deck builder for the current set. Do, do, I mean, is he talking about a flag so you can see what block sets are? Or what do you guys think he's talking about there? I think he means, and oh, I'm trying to remember uh, if it's already public or not, um, but the ability to say, I want to search. Uh, thank you, Mel. I see you posting up. Uh, Mel is Chris Loven, our resident genius. I already has it set up in the card search, so when you search for expansion, you can say, just show me block cards. I think that's what he means for digital support. Well, there you go. Our, our chief programmer is uh, on the ball, and uh, I I don't know if fifth reader if you if we didn't answer your question. I mean, Dan or Jordan, do you guys have any other thoughts on what he might be talking about? I mean, if he if he if he's not talking about online play, do you think? I don't think I, I so. Think, but I, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry, <laughs> I don't think he's talking about online play. But I think for Lackey, it's pretty easy too to add things on to say which set they are in. Because I think you can sort it by like OTF and things like that. Yeah, and if you look, uh, if you're on the 1E card search, on the expansion drop-down right at the top, it says block formats, TNG block. Yeah, um, Faithful Reader, when you listen to this later, if we didn't answer your question, hit us up on the message boards and we'll see what we can do for you. Um Oh, and Nava just confirmed that uh, that is something that will be in Lackey soon. Nice. Yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta have a meeting with Nava and Sox so we can get them all all uh, the all brought up. But anyway, I wanted to mention real quickly the starters. Um, Lincoln had asked me a question. My our buddy Lincoln from the Sweden had asked a question: that, Will the starters be in high res? And uh, I am ninety nine percent sure that the answer is yes. Um, the plan from the day was to release the expansion with the normal PDF of, you know, here's one of everything, and then also have a PDF of each starter that basically has, here's a cover sheet with a list of the cards, here's the suggested dilemma combos, here is some tips on how to play the starter, and here's like a one-page how to set up and play one -y sheet, and then printable starter. So if there's, you know, two copies of random Ferengi guy in the deck, there'll be two copies on the sheet, and you just want to play Ferengi, you download it, you take it, you print it, you cut it out, there you go. 60-card starter, I think, 
60 plus or minus, 66 card starter plus or minus. So, and the plan is they will all be in high resolution downloadable PDFs. Um, you'll also be able to get them out of the deck builder if you don't care about the high resolution, you want to save ink or whatnot, but if you want a nice printable, nice printed copies to give away, you can uh, have the high res. So, um, one more question I was, I've uh, got that I wanted to answer. Going about starters, to Sex Executioner, yeah, Wait. Sex Executioner, S E X E C, yeah, Sex Executioner, that's his name. Uh, seeing that there will be pre-constructed starter decks for affiliations, will there be any starter deck boxes designed? Well, it's interesting that you say that. Um, Johnny Haliva is our art director now for both 1E and 2E, but a couple years ago we had another gentleman, and I'm going to forget his name. Sean? Sean something. I think it was Sean. Somebody help me. Who did the, who did the art for the first couple 1E expansions? Seth. This guy's name. Yeah. Seth. Seth. Seth something. Sorry, Seth. Uh, <laughs> Should have looked that up bad planning. He made, we were talking about making um, tra Project Transwarp decks for 2E, which was, you know, here's a 60-card modern starter. Um, and he made uh, templates for deck boxes that you could print on, like, cardstock, like heavy paper, cut out, fold up, and put the cards in. Um, so that technology exists. Seth is very, very, he got promoted and had a family, uh, expanded his family and hasn't been able to volunteer for a while, but um, it's definitely something that I would like to reach out to him and see if we can revive the idea of have, get, letting you guys print a starter deck box that you can print and give these things away in. So they wouldn't be like reusable, they'd kind of be like, they'd fall apart when you opened them, but it'd be a neat way to package things up for cons. So, uh, we have a question from the chat room for Alan. Any timeline on updated rule books? Well, now that we have Glossary 1.9 done, uh, which is notable mostly in that we have the source for it instead of just the locked PDFs, uh, we're moving forward on that. Uh, Glossary 2.0 is going to look most likely very different than what we're used to. Um, Right now, our rulebook is just shy of 95,000 words, and I'd really like to find ways to make that shorter. Um, so right now, we're just in the process of tearing it down, finding out what's outdated, what contradicts it itself, what just doesn't need to be there anymore, you know, um, and then working with design and uh, on things that, well, maybe it should work differently because that sets us up to do more cool things in the future. Uh, so I don't have a, it's coming out on such and such a day, but it's moving forward. All right, Alan, why don't you uh, throw up our surprises in the video stream there real quick so we could give people a look at those while we go through a couple more questions. Uh, heading over to Dan. Uh, is that readable? Uh, That's really really rough on my screen, but uh, oh, whoops! Oh, how's that? There we go. That's yeah, readable. nice. That's sexy. All right. Um, what are we gonna hit me with, Charlie? I was going to hit you with a question that we we kind of touched on it, but I'd like to to really sort of put it out there explicitly. This is from OK Coyote. Uh, are the expansions going to be big enough to properly accommodate a block format? Or are we going to have it so that everybody's Federation deck is going to look the same? Well, I think our problem is this. When when Decipher made Premiere, and then they made DS9, and then they made Voyager, they made a 300-umpteen-card deck set so that everyone had a lot of cards to draw from. We don't quite have the resources for that, so... We've got three starters, but we've also got several cards that that reference other cards, so you can pick and choose what other kind of uh, uh, what what you want to plug into your deck. And so, if you want to play one of the Federation with this subset of people, well, that's great. If you want to play with that subset, that'll work fine. Um, 
I don't think the, the trouble with a small set like this is you're right. There's not going to be much diversity to start out. But when the next set comes out, we're going to have another starter. When the third set comes out, there's going to be at least one more playable affiliation. And then when we get to the next big set, the next block, we're going to introduce three more starters. So now we're up to uh, seven or eight different starters you could play. And then we're really going to get the diversity. And we'll roll with that diversity as we keep going because as starters roll out, we'll roll them back in. So, yeah, it's going to start a little slow, just like, you know, when any new thing comes out. Um, it's just going to be a little bit limited, but we'll roll with it. We'll expand, and those interchangeable parts make it so you can play Federation with subset one, subset two, or you can play Klingons with subset one or subset two, or you can use one of their two building cards, or you can use both of them together, or th there are choices. I'm not going to say one's not going to bubble to the top uh, up for each affiliation, but there'll, there'll be a lot of choices. Not to mention that, you know, Block Constructed is, is going to be a nice format for it, for the, the group of people that we're, we're designing it for. That that whole subset of – I talk a long bit about in that, that article about how there's this, this one group of players who want this limited constructed format that haven't been satisfied. Um, block Constructed is just one way to do that. There's, there's no reason, you know, that you can't say Block Constructed plus Premiere because you could get a case of Premiere for your playgroup for – $5 a player, $10 a player. Mm -hmm. And CNG1 is going to work just just beautifully with Premiere. Like you'll be able to and that will increase the number of things that you can do a good number, you know, just just with the treaties alone because you you'd be able to build now I can build a fed Klingon deck or a Klingon Romulan deck or a Romulan fed deck. It's all these weird cool things that I couldn't do before. Um and that's assuming we don't find a way to bring the treaties into the block anyway in, in constructed like like we've hashed over before, when we block wasn't the priority when we were putting this together, so we made this so it will fit like like shades of gray targeted all those old uh, verbs and dilemmas and things. This set was targeting all the old premier, all the pack uh, personnel and ships and and equipment. So that's really starting off. It's going to be a little rough, but I think once we get rolling, we're going to be it's going to be good. So. Yes. Um, the diversity of the decks is something that we will be watching intently. Uh, I don't think any of us are going to be 100% happy with how it's going to be when Moody comes out. Just being honest, that's not saying we're not confident in it or we're not going to take steps to make it better. But, you know, We didn't change horses midstream, but we realized we could pick up another load and then had to do, we now having to do some shuffling around to make everything fit. Is, is is an analogy, so... Um, well, I, even said, I think that there are some interesting choices to be made just in Moody about whether or not to include certain sets of... You know, there are multiple engines and different things you can do, and there's, you know... There will be interesting choices. Uh, it's just with a limited number of people, there's not that many... You know, the number of choices in block constructed is always going to be smaller than the number of choices in OTF, by definition and by design. But on the upside, because block, I mean, there's fewer choices to make this year, but then next year, everything changes. And then the year after that, everything changes again. So I'm thinking a lot of the time, by the time you've really explored what block has, now there's new toys and starting in year two, old toys start going away. So I, I think it'll be like what I'm looking forward to in block is that you're going to have that ability of constantly reevaluating, you know, I love this toy and now I don't have it anymore. So now I need to look forward and I need to find what, like, you can't just keep putting your old cards in your deck because there's always something new coming up. Absolutely. Um, and I had a point and I lost <laughs> it. So I'm going to go to the next question. Jordan, does the absence of Ba from alongside the Homefront expansions, imply anything regarding the future of tactics in the game? And that is from Arcadian. Um, no, it doesn't imply anything. And actually, that is something that we're not 100% sure on where it would be included in blocks, or um, you know, as far as like Resistance is Feudal is another one, some of the other like boutique products, where they would fit in exactly yet. So that's something that we're still kind of considering. 
Um, and, and, and one point here I want to reiterate. The block is not the future of the game entirely. You know, BA is legal in open and OTF and revised and standard and all these other formats. And tactics aren't going anywhere. Um, you know, the, the debate that's been going on internally, and I'm sure Alan and Dan can comment, is we all love tactics. We love them. We think they're very cool. But is it worth having that complexity in a format that's intended to be baseline? Uh, and we've talked about putting it in. We've talked about flip-flopping it so that it can be part of like a... like if we, if, or, Sorry. Originally, block number three was going to be the Dominion War. You know, so there'd be like, a, you know, DS9 Klingons and aggressive Federation and uh, Dominion-occupied Cardassia and Breen and all sorts of that stuff. Um, for, for various reasons, we decided to promote the Mirror Quadrant to Block 3 instead, which I think was a great decision. But, um, you know, we were talking about, well, Bosch should definitely be legal, legal for the Dominion War because it's a, a war expansion. Uh, you know, it's that complexity versus cool factor that it, it, it isn't official yet you know we, we we may we may decide to put it in before the end of the day but right now it's not out but it doesn't mean that we're not going to do tactics in the future so. uh dan See. arcane wants to know hopes actually that are the sets in the block more connected thematically than here's a bunch of tng stuff Yeah, uh, it started out with here's a bunch of TNG stuff, and as we added more and more uh, flavor to the different affiliate, different starters, and then we noticed that our dilemmas were doing something interesting, we hit upon a uh, a, a bit of text that appears on a lot of cards, and it thematically, mechanically ties everything together. Um, it's something interesting that uh, I, I know we've. I think one or two other cards kind of hit on this kind of thing, but it's something that we'll play with with the next expansion and expand on, and then probably the third expansion will have uh, a lot of it too. It's it. I I, I don't know if I should we talk about what it is, Charlie. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's take a five minute break. All right. And uh, Alan, you can throw up another present for our view stream viewers. Uh, it is two fifty seven. Uh, I wish we could put on some music or something, but we'll we'll come back in just a couple minutes. Um, what kind of music? And we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, throw up something Star Trekky. <laughs> oh sure, ask for something I don't have. <laughs> throw up, throw up it. Play Doctor Who. I don't care. Just play something so they're not listening to the silence. But uh, play yes, Canadian. Yeah, play something Canadian. We'll be back in five minutes with uh, more of your questions. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with 